Thursday night in Utah, Florida and Utah in a in a game where the spread has jumped around all over the place. Yeah. Um, Utah may have sort of fueled the fire by putting Cam Rising back as is its number one quarterback on the depth chart. Now mm-hmm. that that's to to me that is a I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, their old offensive coordinator, your old offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, Ludwig, man, yep, is out there. Is is the coach in Utah? I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that one. Now, I, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who covers Utah for a while this morning, and there's some things I can't get into uh, that that I I want out of respect to, to privacy. He said, "Here's just some things to know," but this is just between me and you. But one thing that was sort of an overriding discussion point during all of it is the thought okay even where utah is banged up that's a team that feels like it's got a lot of depth to compensate and is is pretty confident about where that season is going to be headed yeah i think so as well man like i think that utah i mean let's give credit to kyle whittingham and 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 his people over there man i mean they've created you think of of, and and i know it's changing but you think of kind of like the historical pac-12 you were thinking of teams like USC, Oregon, Washington when they're playing well. I mean, Utah's had a had kind of a surge recently and been a little bit of a sleeper team. They beat USC last year, kind of ruined their college football playoff hopes. Um, man, I think Utah is going to win that game. I really do. And the reason I think is because you have established head coach, established offense. They have playmakers on offense. Is Cam Rising healthy? That's a great question. Is he healthy enough to play? Is he healthy enough to be, you know, not only that, but take hits and stay in the game? Because he's a heck of a player for them, a heck of a player. And they've been able to pop out some some um, NFL talent as well. I believe they had a, a corner last year taking the top 100 of the draft. Obviously, Dalton or Dalton Kincaid was a first-round pick to Buffalo. And and now they got another tight end who's, you know, projected to be the, uh, the you know, award winner this next year. And so they got the talent. I would say, you know, right out there, maybe a little bit below – Florida, but they have everything Florida ha- does not have in terms of team establishment, identity establishment. I, I just think Florida's still in a little bit of a who are we phase, to be honest with you. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I, and I, you know, we talked about this early in the week, and there were some comments about, you know, people transferring at the end of the year. Man, that that bowl game was really telling to me. It was really telling to me. They played Oregon State, who Utah is way better than way better than Oregon state. And they got smoked. I think they got shut out. I, I believe they did 30 to three. I think. Okay. 30 to three. From okay. mem- that's that's from memory. Don't, don't yeah. write that in, in yeah. stone, but okay. Okay. And you know, th- those bull practices, they're, 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 they're a little bit lonely. You're, you're, no one's on campus. It's December. I'm sure it's not that cold in Gainesville, but still like no one's out there. And then they go out there and play Oregon state and get beat 30 to three by like a middle of the road pac 12 team. And, you know, now you expect to go around and play the, I believe they are the Utah's the back-to-back champions, aren't they? A bit. John, Jonathan Smith had a pretty good team, but still Florida should not have lost that game by 28 points. Yeah. Yeah. No, they shouldn't, especially if they, they shouldn't, especially if they expect to win this upcoming game, Utah's the back-to-back pac 12 champion. Correct. I, I believe they are. They won two in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you go against that Oregon State team, and, and then you turn around, and so I'm just, I'm just really, um, I'm really, I, I, 
that 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 game last year in the swamp that was an awesome game by the way that was fun to watch and it was cool to see utah a team that doesn't get to play in that sec environment that often come and play and that was a really enjoyable game to watch i am really intrigued to watch this game but i think the keys truly are can of both sides and what's going to decide it is one is cam rising healthy if he is can he last the whole game and perform at that high level two is florida established an identity over this offseason in terms of who they are playing with toughness, playing with all-out effort, because at times last year, honestly, it was kind of easy to push them around. I'm being honest. I'm talking from from experience. And, experience. Yeah, I'm talking from from experience. And and look, I I really I really don't like, and, and Chris knows this, so we've had private conversations. I don't like talking bad about programs, and I hope I'm not talking about this at Florida, because college football is better when 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 Florida is, is really good, man. The, the Swamp Kings documentary and how they were – how they were rolling back in the day and, and the swamp, as I've said in previous, you know, shows with you, Chris, it's my, it's been my favorite, my favorite away experience. It has. And Florida, I really want Florida to get back to where they are, but I just have so many question marks about, about, you know, who they are and what their identity of the team, how tight are they as a team? Is their quarterback play? You know, I think that's another question as well. What's that going to be with Graham Mertz? Is he the guy? Has that been, has that been officially announced by the way, Chris, or no? Uh, I don't know if it's official or no. I think they announced it last week. Look, I, I don't think anybody could fathom that being yeah. anybody other than him. Cause look, it's what's left on the roster and it's not pretty, but, yeah. and, and I think that'll be interesting. I want, I want to see one thing I'm watching is I want to see what they've got out of the box mm-hmm. with Graham Mertz. I yeah. mean, outside of Ricky Pearsall, what other receivers they have, but you know what? I think what they're going to do. And they were pretty good against this most of the time last year, although it came and stops and starts, and it, it certainly certainly stopped when when you guys played them last year. They did not run the ball well a year ago. Yeah, and and with Richardson gone, it's going to change the way teams defend them. But I just thought Montrell Johnson and Trevor at, at the end ran the ball so well a year ago. Yeah, but I looked this up. Here's here's the thing that I don't know if people are talking about enough. I think Utah had a ton of sacks last year, and if you take sacks out, Utah gave up 5.3 yards per rushing play. Mm. If if Utah's not a lot better in that regard this year, uh, Florida could make this a lot more interesting than people yeah. think, or, or maybe even win this game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's entirely possible, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm interested to see if Florida comes out and establishes an identity early, especially with you know the question marks at quarterback. And we all know Florida. I mean, they've 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 chugged out some some tough tough runners in recent years. And you know, are those guys coming back and going to be able to play at the same level? And so I'm interested to see early in the game if Florida and and you know, Chris, if you and I know that, if you and I know, if you know that statistic, Billy Nap- Billy Napier knew that in May. He knew that in April. And so you know, if that is that the game plan moving forward against Utah, I think we'll find out early. And and I'm interested to see if if they do find. You know, if they do find success there, do they stick to it or do they let Merch, you know, rip it around a little bit? But Utah's going to score points. They're going to use their tight ends. For for all, all the people who are going to tune in Thursday, Andy Ludwig was my offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt in the 2018 season where, um, you know, we went to the Texas Bowl. And really, honestly, if we're being honest, Chris, you know, we sh- we, we probably should have won eight games that year. We were right in there with all these these teams, lost to Notre Dame on the road by on basically the last play. Lost to Missouri on the last play that year. Um, a lot of games kind of slipped through our fingers, but Andy Ludwig is is one of the better offensive minds I've ever been around, especially when he uses two tight end sets. So for you guys tuning in on Thursday, 
look closely at Utah's offense. They got two guys who both of them can play. Obviously, they had the first-round pick last year in Kincaid. He's going to use those tight ends um, very strategically in the run game, in the pass game. Um, so I'm interested to see if he attacks the seams with the tight ends. And then, obviously, you know, if, if, if Utah is going to be able to stop Florida's tough runners. All right, give me an Andy Ludwig curveball, something that he might do that might not be on the, on the list of everybody's discussion points right now. Uh, well, I can tell a story about him. I can tell a story. So I remember when I – um, and, Chris, we've had conversations about this as well. Uh, at a high school, I I actually was a quarterback here in, in Nashville, Tennessee at Brentwood Academy. And but I was getting recruited by various schools to play tight end because I was six four two twenty five, but was never really a natural thrower. Um, big, but was a big body, and and I feel like I played physical. So all these schools were recruiting me at tight end, and and um, I actually was originally going to play at at South Carolina for um, at the time it was Bobby Bentley and Pat Washington was the tight ends coach there under Muschamp's regime, and. Uh, Ludwig called me on uh, the night bef- on Jan- on June 14th. I remember it called me on June 14th and said, hey, we just had a tight end commit. Um, just want to let you know because we're only taking two guys. You're our next guy on the list. But, you know, if someone else commits, we're going to honor that, which is common in recruiting across, you know, the college football landscape. And so I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. And basically had was up till three in the morning thinking about what I'm going to do and had a change of heart and decided to stay home at Vandy. And so I'll never forget, but I was so nervous that somebody was going to call and, you know, take that second tight end spot. I called Lud, Coach Ludwig at 515 in the morning and he answers the phone after two rings and he goes, you know, hello. And I said, hey, coach, sorry, did I wake you? He said, no, I've been up here in the film room for two hours. (laughs) And so he was watching tape. He says, I'm in here three meals a day doing all this, the guys, you mean people throw around football junkie a little too much. The guy ate three meals a day. And I mean, there's a, there was a permanent indention in that, you know, front seat of the offensive football film room that he was sitting there for hours and hours and hours. And so I guarantee you over this off season, Ludd has, has looked at this Florida defense, looked at maybe every game of whoever the defensive coordinator is at, at Florida and his tendencies and how they like to play 12 personnel because Utah is going to play a lot of 12 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends. And so they'll be ready. Off Utah's offense will be ready and they will score points. I'd be surprised they didn't. But like you said, Chris, defensively, can they stop Florida's tough runners? And then we'll see what happens with Graham Mertz, I guess. What are you looking for out of Florida's defense? Because it, it is just not the star-studded unit th- that I think yeah. you you and I have grown up with. I mean, you can name linebackers, safeties. I'm not saying Florida doesn't have some good players, uh, but in, in the pantheon of stars in, in the league this year on the defensive side of the ball, Florida's a little bit more anonymous. Well, I think historically, and I say historically, but I'm talking the five years that I played at Vandy, Florida has been – the fastest team in the sec speed the south the florida the high school recruiting in florida they're able to get speed at their pleasure in the back end um even guys i mean von trell miller was a star linebacker for him last year and that dude could absolutely fly i remember that was a big big game plan for us um you know heading into last year but you're right there's not big uh there's not big names not not saying that people can't have a big year and come on and make a name for themselves on this team but you know, I think it's kind of a clean slate for Florida's defense of, you know, who's who's kind of going to show up and make plays for them. Um, 
do they have do they have the Jimmys and Joes, as people say, as they've had in years past, especially in the back end? Florida's never had to worry about corner. They've never had to worry about safety because there's 30 of them in their backyard. But do they have the guys on the line? Do they have the guys in the box in the front seven to be able to put pressure on the quarterback and make rising? And, you know, Utah's about offensive line, um, you know, cave a little bit. Can that happen? I'm really interested. That's a, that's a great point. Something I haven't thought about a bunch is, is can they put the pressure on and, and kind of the, the um, you know, difference of speed and power that the SEC claims to be over a perennial Pac-12 team. I want to ask you about one guy in particular on Florida's defense because you don't see this a lot. Okay. Desmond Watson. I think they're listing him at 415 this year. Okay. I think he's been bigger than that before. Uh, that That's not something you see a lot. How do you game plan for that? So let me say this about Big Dez, as they call him over there in Gainesville, man. He, you see him on TV and you're like, oh, man, this guy is, that's a big guy. Holy smokes. And, you know, Sports Center's putting out whatnot. You see this dude in person. You see this guy run on the field. And not only that, but he's however tall and four, you know, however many pounds. But then he's got the shoulder pads on and he's got the let. I don't even know if he can, if his, what size Panthers? I have no clue. They're probably custom made, but this dude is an absolute anomaly to see in person. And so, you know, if you guys, if anyone here is, is, a, is a, attending a Florida game this year, look for big, big Des because it's, it's, it's unbelievable how big this guy is. And, you know, the question with him is to develop, to kind of take that next step as a player is, can he run? Can he, can he run? Can, is, is he in shape enough? Because it was the same thing with Jordan Davis at, at Georgia. He, he was always a big guy, but he really took the next step and became that total game game wrecker and where people were even talking about him being in the Heisman conversation. I'm not saying that's Desmond Watson, but the guy took the next step in his career because he got in shape, he was able to run, chase guys, and played with all-out effort. Desmond Watson is – there's not like any other player in college football like him. But, you know, where he hurts is he comes in for two plays and he's got to go sit out for four. Can he be out there constantly and kind of, you know, plug those holes up front? Because, man, like, you can't move the guy. You can't. So if a team wants to run in the A-gaps, just put them in the A-gap. Just tell them, hey, stand up and hold your ground. And But can you take the next step as a player, as individual development, and be able to run kind of like Jordan Davis did at Georgia a few years back? I take that back. I said 414. They're listing at 449. Now, I haven't I hadn't seen if they've updated that since camp. But <laughs> what, what, are the, what are the conversations that go on in an offensive film room about moving a guy or – or you just do you just concede that you're not yeah. going to move him? How does that go? Yeah, well, let's you know, you're not going to move him. You're not going to move him. And as much as as you'll you guys will learn, as and I'm not speaking about Vanderbilt coaches, but really everyone I've kind of experienced through my years, college football coaches, especially you know coordinators and position coaches or whatnot, are so stubborn and think that oh no no we'll be I'll be able to move him. My play calls will be able to move him, even though every other single team that you've seen on tape hasn't been able to move him, whether it's two three guys. But at the same time, it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Like I told you, you know, you kind of want to stay away from them because you're not going to be able to move them. And so but that's where it becomes, you know, a little bit of a I don't want to say disadvantage, but like, you know, you know, when he's not on the field, because then you want to attack those gaps, you know, when he is because you're going to stay away from it. But can he he's only out there for two plays a drive. He can't he can't play long enough and whatnot. And so I hope so, man, because he's. He's really fun to watch, and he's, an, like I said, an anomaly to see in person. I mean, the guy is an absolute behemoth of a human being. And so if any of you guys are coming um, you know, to watch a Florida game this year, look, look for Big Dez. He's fun to watch.